Hey, teacher friend, if you find that you are pulling out your hair trying to get all of your students consistently engaged in the classroom, you are not alone. I have put together a quiz to help try to figure out what your personal student engagement formula is. When I say you, I mean you as the teacher. You being able to accomplish this is more important than what you are giving the students in the classroom. Mind-blowing, right? To take the quiz, go to studentcenteredworld.com slash quiz, and you will be given 10 short questions so you can start determining what your student engagement formula is. Again, that's studentcenteredworld.com slash quiz. Hey, friend, and welcome to another episode of the Student Center World podcast. So teacher-directed versus student-centered instruction is a very common comparison in today's educational spectrum. However, there's generally some confusion between not only what each one is, but the similarities and the differences between them. The number one piece to remember in both instructional techniques is that wholeheartedly, the teacher is 110% in charge of what is going on in the classroom. Welcome welcome to the Student-Centered World Podcast, where we talk about all things hands-on teaching and keeping your energy and sanity in the classroom. This teacher-turned-consultant is making it her mission to help as many teachers as possible become the best version of themselves and keep their passion for teaching on fire. It's her hope that we never forget why we desire to have a passion for educational progress. This, this is Student-Centered World, and this is Jen Bry Soccer. So often, there's a misconception that the teacher is no longer in charge of a student-led classroom. This couldn't be further from the truth. Just because their visual role within the classroom full of students is not the same, it does not mean that they are not still completely dictating everything that happens in that room. While the number of similarities between teacher-directed and student-centered instruction is vast, today I'm going to go over five important differences that any educator needs to understand when determining the best method for their classroom. So the first big difference between teacher-directed and a student-centered instruction is the actual focus of the classroom. In a traditional classroom, the vision is that the teacher is the center focus of the classroom. They are dictating and orchestrating everything that is happening from the front of the room. As the dispenser of knowledge, it would make sense that all eyes should be focused on the one who seems to be all-knowing and is in charge of giving out that information. In a learner-centered classroom, the focus is blended. While the teacher is still the knower of information, they are not dispensing that information in a traditional sense. More of a focus is on the students, either individually or collaboratively, and the teacher is a facilitator for the instructional activities that are taking place within the classroom. This puts much less stress on the teacher yet also gives them the opportunity to make sure that every single student is meeting the objectives and expectations set for them. Let me repeat, student-led instruction is less stressful and more effective. When I ran my student-centered classroom, one of my favorite things to do on the first day of school was to ask the students to point to where they thought the front of the room was. I would count to three and then every student would then point to the front of the room. I had the room organized in such a way that they literally couldn't tell where the front of the room was without deeper investigation. 
I also had whiteboards and bulletin boards on various walls, so that was not a dead giveaway either. Eventually, somebody would notice the direction of the projector coming out of the ceiling, and we could all determine that that wall, in fact, was the front of the room. I had the room set up like this on purpose. Without me having to be the sage on the stage, the need for a front of the room was fairly obsolete. The layout of the room needed to help facilitate student-led instruction, and having students sit in rows all facing one direction does the opposite of that. How information is given to the students is the next difference in a teacher-directed versus a student-centered classroom. In a traditional teacher-centered classroom, the teacher speaks and the students take it in. There may be some questions or other interactions, but for the most part, the teacher gives the information and the students listen to it. In a student-led classroom, while the teacher may still be giving out information in one form or another, they're often doing it either in small groups, with individual students, or are modeling what they want the students to be doing. Instead of just giving them content, they're showing them how to use the content. This leaves students interacting more with a teacher and in a collaborative sense with one another if warranted, increasing those soft skills of communication and effectively working with others. Student choice is probably one of the bigger differences in teacher-directed versus student-centered instruction. In a teacher-led classroom, the teacher plans for and spells out every single lesson in its entirety with the specific expectations of what they wish every single student to complete. Very consistently, it is the expectation that the students will complete the same assignments in the same amount of time as directed by the teacher. A student-led classroom is a little bit different. Often the teacher gives different options that will lead to the same exact outcome as those cookie cutter assignments. This doesn't mean having to craft multiple assignments every day, as many educators looking through this model are concerned about. Instead, you can take the same assignment and refocus it through different lenses. For instance, there could be a writing assignment, an artistic assignment, or a speaking assignment. At the end of the day, they are all the same assignment, but their output is different. Even though they're still working on the exact same content and the outcomes will be the same, students having the choice to complete an assignment that piques their own interest is the absolute essence of having this learning style be fully effective. Again, all students are, in fact, completing the same content material. They're just doing it in a way that will increase student buy-in and engagement with that information. Even the student evaluation process is different in a teacher-directed versus a student-centered model. Traditionally, after a teacher is done explaining a concept or a topic, students will be given some type of follow-up work to complete and show their understanding. It is the job of the teacher to find a way to evaluate this information to determine if a student has met the standard that was set for them. While this is obviously good in theory, we all know there are often gaping holes in the practice of doing this. From students not engaging, to copying someone else's assignment, to us just not having enough time to keep up with constant grading, this is not always the best method when attempting to determine if students are on track for learning or if something needs to be revisited or even glanced over quicker. With student-centered learning, evaluating the extent of learning falls on the students just as much as it does on the teacher. Grading a student-led activity is more real-time on behalf of the teacher or is based on longer-term observations and rubric-type grading. 
Students also follow along in a variety of different ways, determining if they're ready to move forward or if they want to go deeper within a topic. This method of evaluation is somewhat difficult to wrap your head around if you haven't seen it in action, but I assure you, when implemented properly, it gives much more detailed and specific feedback on student progress than any other traditional method does. On the flip side, it's also important for a teacher to take student feedback into consideration to determine whether or not their classroom structure is working effectively. This is something that is very scary for a lot of teachers. However, if our students and activities are meant to serve our students' learning and engagement, it's important to make sure that we are hitting the mark in distributing that content, especially when making comparisons of teacher-directed versus student-centered instruction. The acceptable level of how loud the classroom is, or should be, is also a key difference between teacher-directed and student-centered instruction. In a traditional teacher-led classroom, it is important for students to stay quiet and focused to be able to digest the content that is being given to them. The teacher is just one person. If they are the ones that are in charge of dispersing information to the students, it is important that everyone have the opportunity to hear them clearly. Think about this concept just as I have said it. Every single student must pay 100% attention at all times in order to take in the information. With the average person having an attention span of 8 seconds today, it is nearly impossible for every student to be paying full attention at all times throughout a lecture or other direct instruction lesson. Even as adults, we have a difficult time without having our minds wander to another topic, even if it's just momentarily. Our students' brains are still developing, so if we have difficulty with this as adults, imagine what it's like for a child. Since a student-centered classroom is more collaborative, noise is actually encouraged. This means that the students are actively engaging in the content in one form or another. I'm not saying that it should be so loud that you cannot hear yourself think. I'm also not saying that it's a free-for-all and students behave all willy-nilly. The rationale here is that the students are busy engaging with their content material, and that may look and sound very different for different students. One of my favorite stories that I've told many times is when I had a class of sophomores creating time capsules for the 1960s. The room was loud, no doubt. One of my colleagues walked by and peeked her head in, wondering what in the world was going on. I invited her in, and I suggested that she find out from the students themselves. As she walked around the room, she was floored that every question she asked any student she picked was answered thoroughly, and they were excited to show her exactly what they were working on. She honestly could not believe it. Something else I always believed in was playing music in the classroom. Now, when you're teaching U.S. history like I did, it's easy to cheat by playing music from whatever decade you're learning about. However, in other classes, I had very distinct playlists ranging from student choice that were very much edited, or just a specific genre like Motown, to classical music for when they were studying. I used to laugh when teachers walking by the classroom would do a double take and ask if they heard what they thought they just heard playing in the background. I'm not going to say that random dance parties erupted at times from staff walking by, but there were definitely some moves showcased right outside my door much to my students' delight. I did not have one student in 
all of my years of playing music while they were working that did not say that it kept them more upbeat while they worked. Just another thing to consider when debating this teacher-directed versus student-centered instruction. Again, the main thing to remember is that in all of this, it doesn't matter if it's teacher-directed or student-centered instruction. The teacher is always fully in charge of the classroom. The difference is overall, in a teacher-led classroom, the teacher is the classroom, being the focus of all things going on. In a student-led classroom, students are more part of the process, which naturally engages and differentiates for every single one of them. As teachers, we have to remember that our job is to make sure students are meeting objectives that are meant for them. If there's a way to do this that makes it more interesting for them and less stressful for us, why wouldn't every teacher be looking into teaching in this fashion? It should be a no-brainer, and anyone that I know who has fully made the switch to a student-centered classroom would never, ever go back. I hope that this was some food for thought for you today and it gave you some ideas for your own classroom. Join us again next week at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we come up with some new ideas and tips for your classroom moving forward. I hope that you enjoyed today's program and that you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you again next Saturday.